This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. You know, the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Verse 17 and 18 go on to say that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. When Elijah prayed for rain, he was praying for the breakthrough of the land or for his nation. We live in a day and a season when we must step up to the challenge to be a people like Elijah. May our prayers be like arrows that hit the mark. You see, our land is in need of a breakthrough. All around us today, we see crisis and challenge, storms and shakings and wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, human disasters, and spiritual disasters that threaten our cities and the globe. And in listening to many voices, even within the body of Christ, There seems to be consensus that these challenges are going to continue to come. But we know that from Scripture, that we as the church must be prepared and know how to pray effectively if we're going to see the healing of the land. In the next few minutes, I want to ask four will you questions. Will you, will you, will you, will you? Our e-store at somebodycares.org has a variety of resources for you and your team. Doug's books, including Leadership Awakening and In Search of a Father's Blessing, bundle packages for teaching series and disaster relief preparation, and our Desire to Win t-shirts all can be found at somebodycares.org forward slash store. Be sure to head there after today's episode. The first one is, will you receive God's word? You see, much of what is happening in the church today reminds me of Israel, as described in Jeremiah 42 and 43. The nation was in distress, facing judgment brought on by decades of rejecting God's word and ways. The people came to Jeremiah the prophet, and they said, Pray for us, seek the Lord on our behalf, and whatever God tells you we should do, we will do it. Again, that's Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 2 through 6. The problem here was that once Jeremiah returned to them with the word of the Lord and God's instructions and how to obey, they called Jeremiah a liar, saying, God has not sent you to say these things to us, Jeremiah 43, verse 2. How many of us are guilty of the same thing? We have an encounter with the Lord and respond with the enthusiastic declaration, whatever you want me to do, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. But when the Lord's instructions do not align with our own wishes, we balk at His word and insist it must not be Him. It seems that is the condition of many of us in our nation today. We tend to water down or even outright change God's truth. We must stay true to what God asks of us, stay true to His word. His word liberates and sets us free. When we ignore or disregard God's truths in His word, We wrought destruction upon ourselves and those around us. If Jesus really is the Lord of His church, then should not we want to represent Him in the characteristics of His kingdom? Should we not love His word? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. 
If we really believe that, why would we want to change or compromise or water down his word and his truths to fit our flesh? See, our flesh lives by carnality, but we are a people of the Spirit, to be led of the Spirit because we have the Holy Spirit living in what we call the temples of the Holy Spirit purchased by the blood of Jesus. Often, I believe it comes down to our perspective, our perceptions, but ultimately our attitude. You see, Albert Einstein once said, weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. Speaking of character, it reminds me of a story that I've read about Alexander the Great. I know there's been various renditions of this particular story, but let me share you the one that I read. The main point is it all focuses on attitude. In this particular story, Alexander the Great, from time to time, would go out and check on his troops And then there would be those who were supposed to be like watchmen to stay awake and to take guard. He came across a young man who had fallen asleep. And with fear and trepidation, this young man feared Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great had mercy on him and looked at him and said, Young man, what is your name? And the young man responded and said, Alexander, sir. He said, What? What is your name? He said, Alexander, sir. And a third time, Alexander the Great said, What did you say your name was? And he said, Alexander, sir. And Alexander the Great looked at him and said, Either change your attitude or change your name. When I think about that, many of us who profess to be Christians, and yet we don't live Christ-like, we don't love God's word, we don't love his truths, there are times we have to stop and be honest with ourselves Change our attitude, change our perspective, change our perceptions, and begin to see it through the centrality of the cross of Christ. Get back to being Christ-centric, focusing in our eyes and our hearts on the Lord Jesus, who we say that we love, who we say that we believe, who we say that we follow. With all the challenges that we're facing in our world today, there are many who are living in fear and anxiety about what is to come. But we as God's people must position ourselves so that we are not overcome by the world or by the flesh, that we're not overcome by these anxieties or fears, but we can help direct people to fix their eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let's look at my second question. Will you keep going? In these days of increased apostasy and false teaching that surrounds us, those who love God's truths will not be liked for speaking the truth. Yet I believe we are to speak the truth in love, seasoned with grace. We should not be discouraged by what we see around us, retreating into our holy huddles and disengaging from a world that desperately needs to see the light of Christ. I understand the discouragement that tries to pull us down. And sometimes when I look at the conditions around us, I just can't believe it. Things I would have never thought possible even 20 or 30 years ago are now commonplace. This is true both within the church and in the culture around us. Seeing these things can discourage the heart and make it difficult to keep moving forward. And yet I remind it again in Scripture in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Isn't that thanksgiving about perception, about attitude, about perspective? So it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Personally, I believe that an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude go a long way toward effective prayer. 
When we honor God and show appreciation and gratitude and thankfulness for who He is, we gain access to His very presence in a very fresh and new way. We enter into the gates of His presence when we enter with thanksgiving. And in His presence, great blessings and power are released. You see, it's during the moments of challenges that we go through in life that become our training and preparation. And we can utilize the arsenal that's been provided to us through prayer, communication with God, through the presence of God that brings us power. We can do anything and all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's our perspective, it's our attitude, it's our perception, and an attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude for who God already is and what He's already done, equipping us to be able to be the conduit of His power and presence in a world that desperately needs Him. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. In other words, that's victory in Christ. Did you catch that? God will always lead his people into triumph or victory in Christ. In Christ, we can be fully prepared at every level. We must be fully engaged, our eyes fixed ahead and our hands to the plow, ready to work for the harvest fields in front of us. Let us put aside our distractions. Let us put off discouragement. Let's not be double-minded or doubting God. You see, a true champion understands there will be moments of feeling you can't go any further. But these are our breakthrough moments. These are the moments our training and preparation pay off. The moments when even though we may feel we have nothing more to give, we're able to press through and keep moving ahead. Let's look at the third will you question. Will you dispense this fragrance? 2 Corinthians 2.14 goes on to say, Through us, God diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. That word diffuses can be translated dispenses or manifests. God leads us in the triumph of victory so we might be the dispensers or diffusers of His fragrance. That's God's intention for us, that we would be air fresheners dispensing His fragrance in a dark, stinky world. When we spend time with Him, we carry His presence wherever we go. There should be something that looks and smells so different about us that others can't help but notice, even if they don't understand what it is. Now, here's the third will you question. Will you bear fruit that remains? Pruning occurs for two purposes, to bring greater health to the plant and to prepare for greater multiplication. God prunes us, even the good things in our lives, in order to get us ready for greater health and greater multiplication. In John chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. According to this passage, pruning is not a punishment for bad branches. On the contrary, it's for those branches that are bearing fruit. Branches that are unfruitful are cut off, while the care and attention of the vine dresser is reserved for those branches he sees are already being fruitful. Maybe you're one of the many who are going through a pruning process right now. Let me encourage you, take heart. The Father is tending to your branches in order to bring a greater harvest in and through your life. In fact, the painful experiences of being cut back is evidence of God's greater training of you for fitness in the kingdom of God. If you've been going through a time of challenge or pruning, be encouraged. Prepare yourself for the days ahead by abiding in Jesus the vine 
and trust that God is getting you ready for greater multiplication and greater harvest. In the midst of challenges and tribulations, apostasy and false teachings, God is preparing you to bear fruit that remains. God's promises are true, and He is faithful to bring them to pass. Would you commit with me for a moment to pray? Lord, prune me, Lord. Help me to be fit for your kingdom. Help me to be fully prepared, fully engaged, and fully focused so that I am ready for the great harvest that is coming. The book of James teaches us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I see in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, when he says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Let us not be stuck between two kingdoms or falter between opinions. Let's choose to follow Christ, to believe Christ. My prayer for each of us is to have a new season of prayer and a season of effective prayer, and that we would align ourselves with God's kingdom and His righteousness, and that we would align ourselves with others of like precious faith. And I know we will find new levels of release of God's power and presence in and through our lives. So the question remains, will you receive God's word? Will you keep going? Will you dispense His fragrance? Will you bear fruit that remains? Part of my life message is summed up in this one statement. Preparing a people for the coming of the Lord with a message of consecration, commitment, and action. At the end of the day, I want God to use me. I want to be available to the Lord. I want to know God and make Him known. And I know that's what you want as well. There is a well that lives in you because it comes from a water source that never runs dry. And I've always said, draw from the well, the deep well that dwells in you, because it comes from a water source that never ceases, the throne of God's mercy seat, the throne of grace, and the rivers of God that bring life in and through us. May we see a great harvest in the midst of a world in despair, because people like yourselves and God's people would arise for a time such as this. If you need prayer today, please reach out. You can email your prayer request at prayer at somebodycares.org. Again, that's prayer at somebodycares.org. Or call our Somebody Cares America prayer line, 855-459-2273. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.